what's up, basketball trainer? Look, I, I just finished a training session, and it was a fifth grader and a sixth grader. And look, we started out with some, some dynamic warm-ups for sure, and then form shooting. And this trainee, I noticed it today more than any other day, but he always, he's so competitive. Like, I, I know you guys have that one trainee that's uber competitive, overly competitive, wants to compete in every single thing. And he, he, I saw him start it and he's not overly competitive. I shouldn't say it like it's a bad thing, but he, he started to count the form shots, like one for one, two for two. And he does this every single time. And I thought about correcting it today, but I didn't. And I, I couldn't wait to get on this podcast to kind of share some thoughts that it kind of triggered when he started counting these form shots and, and calculating the percentage that this other trainee was shooting, the person that he was rebounding for. So one, one thing that came to mind was the business math, like us managing by the numbers. And I talk about it pretty often, but it's so important. It's so important. And the numbers have have data and rich information behind them that we can use to strategize and use to be smarter with. I'm not saying it's the end all be all, but it's so helpful and so beneficial that I I sometimes slip away from it and I hope you don't. Uh, so here's my thought. It's not preseason anymore, but it feels like it's a preseason because in the last episode, I talked about a decision to or some insecurities around pricing, around value and, and around my perception of what is uh, what what our services are worth and what giving more in value than taking in payment actually means without diminishing or doing myself and the company of this service. And one thing I didn't mention was that we did charge for this clinic at first. Right. Like, so there was a price point for this clinic. And I just talked to I talked to so many trainers who have high goals and aspirations for their camps and their clinics. And they're not all hitting their numbers. Right. Some of the best trainers in this industry, they're operating at, uh, let's say, 40 percent, 30 percent capacity. Now, they have a high number of trainees and the trainees for them that come to their clinics and their camps, maybe somebody else is full or over capacity. But for us in this market, it's like we we ran a clinic and had one person, one person pay for this clinic in this new area that we're trying to start running clinics through. And I've been in this area for a while. So it's not it's not like this is a completely new spot. But one person paid the $50 for this clinic. Actually, two. Two people paid the $50 for this clinic, right? And the capacity was even set that high. It was set at 12. This is real numbers here. But you know what happened? As soon as we converted it from a paid clinic to a, hey, bring in a brand new toy for a child because they are going to be donated to Healing Homes, a, a service that helps kids who are in the foster care system or who need who need adoption. As soon as we transitioned it to that, it took two days and the, the clinic was full, over, over capacity at, at 14 people, right? And, and that that data is something that I, I felt a big, big point that I failed to mention in the last podcast. It's a really good podcast episode, I think, if, especially if you struggle with charging a certain number, uh, a certain price point, or you diminish your own value at times. It's a really good, really good, honest, vulnerable episode, and hopefully it helps you out. But all that being said, you know, testing clinics and testing certain responses uh, from your consumers is very, very important. Kind of like high school coaches do in their preseason tournaments. You're trying to figure out who can I put where, 
what plays do I run? What's our system that we're going to actually stick with? And and what I learned about this was that there is a price elasticity, basically a, a price flexibility that we cannot ignore with our clients. Like some markets can charge $50 for a group workout. Some markets can't charge that much. <laughs> and you know what? Speaking of prices, thinking about charges, you look, if you're raising your prices, great. Like I'm, I'm, I'm happy for you. Besides that, another way to do this is by increasing the number of trainees that you, a number, a, a few ways to actually increase revenue, right? You can increase prices, you can increase the number of trainees, and if you want to increase your margins, you can lower your costs, or you can add different services. That's how you increase your revenue and your margin. But if you aren't, an alternative way to consider increasing your revenue is creating those services that you can charge more for, like semi-privates, more privates, uh, different services that you can package together, groups and and privates simultaneously or in the same package. It, so for example, like I, I love our t- retention. I don't like to raise prices that much. And look, I know you're probably thinking, oh, wow, like the businessman doesn't want to raise his prices. I, I know I will have to, but I'd rather... I'd rather do things like this. Like we had so much demand. I didn't want to increase the price because I like our retention. And look, again, I, I'm well aware of the fact that you may lose people when you raise prices, but the net net wins. So you may lose a lot of people through the attrition, but you may gain more in profitability because you are charging a higher price. So it makes up for itself. But at the same time, oh, and I should say not, but and we had so much demand that I just decided to add one more person into the private training session rather than increasing the price. Which to my to me to, in my math, if you're charging seventy five dollars per private training session or a hundred dollars, you bring two people in for that one hour. It's not one on one anymore. I get that, but you bring two people in for that one hour, and it's better than you having one person with a more increased price, right? So if you can find other ways to pivot or other ways to adjust to your or our uh, indecisiveness or unwillingness to increase prices, they can work. It could be a good alternative. So all that being said, I like to, to add services, which sometimes have a, has a constraint problem. So like maybe, maybe you do have a constraint problem because you rent gym time from facilities rather than lease gym space. And that's when operating capacity comes into play. Operating capacity is, is the understanding the opportunity cost of a private training versus a semi-private or versus groups. And, and there are contingencies um, of can that person pay? What are the margins for the gyms? Like this gym costs $65. This gym costs $85. So understanding what the, the profit margin is, how much you make for that training session, minus obviously taxes, which is already 20%. So what minus the taxes, which is supposed to be post, you know, uh, sale, but it got a hundred dollars minus the taxes, 20%. That's $80 right there. The gym cost is $50. That's $30 left that you have for your own margin right there. If you're paying somebody else to be there for whatever reason, a videographer or somebody else, that shouldn't be included in the in the in the cost of service. But you know, it, it, it does matter, right? 
versus having a group training session where you've got six trainees or, or 10 trainees and you have a higher profit margin there. I'm not saying to throw away private training. We had a big debate on this. I don't think anybody wants to throw away their private training, but sometimes private training definitely comes at a cost because you have so much more opportunity in other training sessions to make more money. And if you're not training very long or very many hours, this is even more important for you because you have to maximize that time if you want to do this part-time, full-time. So some of this stuff is invisible until we talk about it. I just thought about this conversation and the importance of the numbers and quantifying this stuff when this trainee kept like out the gate, one for one, two for two, two for five. I'm like, that, that, that does matter. Like sometimes we need to work on form and the process because the process will lead to better numbers. At the same time, they both matter. They both matter. So hopefully you, we, we, we are improving our process. And at the same time, hopefully we are actually quantifying and, and having measurable performance indicators to see how we're, we're, we're doing. Uh, talk to a, a trainer who's a, the goat in, in my eyes in terms of just like getting this junk out the mud, man, and and coming from 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 nothing, not even playing the game at a high level to just killing it. And he was just straight up like, man, I don't care if I had 50 percent capacity. I don't care. Like, it's not 60. Like, I, I didn't get this. He said I didn't get this gym to 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 not have it packed out. Right. So I don't care about the contingencies. I don't care about the holidays. I don't care about the price elasticity. I don't care about which makes sense. Like that's a winning mindset. All of the other stuff is real, but it's like his mindset is I'm, I'm going to not give them an option to say no. And that mindset is great. I think both having the reality and being realistic towards the contingencies, but also having that killer mindset is a win win right there. I got to go to a dinner, so I'm late. I hope you guys are enjoying this and I'll catch you guys on the next episode. Yo, hope that podcast gave you some value. If it did, please rate, review, and subscribe to this. It only makes the podcast better. I read every single one. And at the very least, go join our group. You'll see the link in the description of this episode and I will catch you on the next one.